All right, welcome everyone. Today we are doing this without the intro music just because I didn't prepare it. We are still new to the uh, to the live streaming, so we are learning that, uh, this as we go. And yeah, I can hear myself again because I have YouTube open on our channel. Now it's gone, everything should be fine. So finally, one more time. Welcome everyone to the channel. Uh, today, we have a special guest. We have a special guest who is potentially one of the best, if not the best, 40k pundits in Poland. Uh, 40k pundits in Poland. Yes, that's correct. Uh, possibly on par with Typhus, although I dare say my guest is a better pundit than than Typhus. Even um, he is the Polish event organizer. He is the selector of the Polish national team. And last but not least, he's the champion of the fucking world. I give you Pumba. Hi, dude. Hello, man. Uh, nice to be back. Nice to be back in such a um, role. Uh, in such circumstances. The, uh, thank you very much for the introduction, because that was awesome. I mean, well-deserved, yeah. well-earned. Uh, it's great to have you. It's great to have you because there's just so much value in having you here. There's so much value in uh, presenting you to the world, which again is the mission of the podcast really, because uh, ever since we've created the podcast, we wanted to bring the Polish players, the Polish national team to the world um, to to present the, the, the fact that Polish players are on par, if not better than American players, English players, players from other parts of the world. And I think, you know, we started this, but you did the grande finale. So you did. Uh, I mean, along with many, many, many other people. To be Obviously, honest. yeah. So, um, okay. So, just a couple of words of, of introduction before we go further. Uh, first of all, this will be a new formula. What we are doing today will be a new formula because uh, this is going to be a two-parter. So something that you might have seen with other uh, podcasts or with other services, we are going to try and do that here as well. So the first part that we are going to do now is with Pumba. We are going to talk about uh, the Polish national team, their success, the WTC, and so on and so on. And then uh, we will finish this part and we will go over to the second part, which is going to be for patrons only. Uh, so we will make it available on our Patreon. And this is going to go deeper into Pumba's Thousand Sons list and how he played this list, what the, what the selection of the units and list building looked like, what the tactical assumptions were, and so on and so on. So our patrons will get to see that uh, as soon as it's, as it's done recording. I will upload it to our Patreon page. And then uh, anyone else will be able to see it in about two weeks or maybe in a month. We will see. Um, but yeah, but this will be this will be exclusively for our patrons. So if you want to get access to that, if you like this idea and if you like what you, what we do, head on to our Patreon page. I'll paste it in the in the chat in a moment. And uh, and yeah, become a patron because there is going to be a lot of value in that uh, going forward. Plus, obviously, everything that is there already uh, in our tiers. So some gadgets and, and and stuff like that. So we will deliver all that to you. But from now on, probably there's going to be also some uh, premium content, let's say, and Pumba will be the first one to do it. Also, I have already recorded the, the episode with Skak. Uh, that's, it's like two hours and 20 minutes of content that I now need to transcribe, translate, and then re-record uh, everything in English and do like a voiceover. So that uh, basically you can have access to that too, because uh, 
due to language barrier. I mean, Scarlet's English is, is perfectly fine when it comes to gaming and playing at the table, but when it comes to two-hour interviews, uh, he didn't feel confident enough. So we did it in Polish. Uh, and this will arrive somewhere midweek next week. So that's that. All right, Pumba, uh, back to you. Uh, let's start with maybe this. Was Monday a difficult day for you? <laughs> Was Were the celebrations so jovial or not so much and you are still planning the biggest celebrations uh monday was very fun uh, we were planning to leave uh back to, for, for for our uh very long lo road trip back home um around eight mm -hmm. so we went we woke up around um 10 or 11 as you do after starting uh -huh. at the bar popular until three Mm -hmm. uh, I think the other host of this podcast can attest to that. That can, <laughs> all, that, that can happen. Yeah, um, rumor has it he's well, still traveling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, generally, no major issues. Uh, we just left uh, late and had a uh, time to like still meet up as a group, uh, have a breakfast together with part of the team, uh, generally wind down. That was pretty an awesome day. All right, uh, that's that's cool. So, so how does it feel? Tell us this, because not everyone can say that they have, you know, become the champions of the world. What is the feeling like? What was it on Sunday when you won it? What was it on Monday when you woke up and found out that it's still true? <laughs> um, I had this complete. I think it felt so unreal to me, genuinely that I don't think it hit, like genuinely hit, until I woke up in, in my own bed and it mm -hmm. was still real. Uh, Sunday, I just couldn't believe, like legitimately. I think it can, it's very visible in my expressions and general um, aura of, of what I was doing uh, when, when celebrating Wendell State, etc. Et it just felt so unreal and I just couldn't believe it. Monday, it slowly started to kick in, but I think it only actually settled down on Tuesday when I woke up in my own bed back in Poland. Right. I mean, on Sunday, definitely I could sense, I could feel, or I could see that you were like, like five centimeters, floating five centimeters above the ground. Like, <laughs> that was it this special. Kind of really about. felt like it, yes. Yeah. And then, I mean, uh, so I can tell you about my perspective because what I experienced was, you know, I, uh, I was there in the front row holding the camera, recording all the teams coming into the, during the award ceremony, uh, coming onto the, onto the stage when Neil called them out. And when you came out, uh, you know, everyone cheering, like it was mind-blowing. The reaction of the crowd was mind-blowing. I think everyone felt that it was well-deserved. And then the entire crowd shouting, kurwa, kurwa, because that's probably the only Polish word that they could figure out is <laughs> suitable for the occasion. Uh, that was amazing. Exactly. But then uh, a couple of hours later in the evening, we all like the entire event ended up in uh, Bar Popular in that square. And I remember, maybe it was just my impression, maybe I'm just imagining this, but we were sitting there with Nathan, with Nairi from New Zealand, with uh, Alex Taos from New Zealand as well, just chatting. 
And then suddenly you, Team Poland, came out of like this narrow street out of nowhere and like the entire square started chanting like Poland, Poland. You don't you don't get to see that twice in your lifetime. <laughs> like something that is very much lower. true. That was a bit surreal. Uh, a bit is a small over, to be honest. But yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. And it was especially funny because that was, I think, the first time we came to the bar who every team was like occupying every single mm -hmm. night. But we were just way too tired and way too into the mindset of just grinding to even go, go to the bar in the, in the evening. Yeah, so, and then... That was the first time we've been there. And then on top of that, I think there's like this rule of a thumb or unwritten tradition that if somebody drops a glass on the floor, everyone starts like going like hey oh, no, no, but, no. but in your but in your particular case they actually started chanting your name because they knew exactly who you are i hated it so much uh, it like, so all attention the entire square pointing fingers at you that's something um right okay so so did you start enjoying your success already like did do you i mean coming back to poland uh, you know, did congratulations come? Did people actually flock to you to say, hey, well done, and so on? Are people interested in this success, or is it just something yeah. very... Like, very legitimately, I have received just so many uh, just private messages across every single medium from everywhere. Um, from, from like, people that I know outside of 40k, because they, they just saw someone or anyone in our friend group or, or an article or anything. Um, so, so they congratulated me. Almost every single person I know from the Polish 40k and outside of uh, Polish 40k scene, uh, just DM me, which was super nice but but by some time if if you were one of those people by the way if i just leave a heart emotes there instead of thanking everybody i'm very sorry but it was just too many times just to answer back to honestly um so that definitely happened generally the win oh i are winning myself down. I, I muted myself and uh, I was speaking to myself. Uh, is it true that a radio station reached out to you and wanted to do an interview with you as well? Yes, uh, a radio station. Uh, one of actually the major ones, uh, not like the huge one, but mm -hmm. one of the actual good uh, radio stations reached out to, to, to us because they heard of the success. And I think Skark and Meissen are doing an interview. Not sure about the logistics yet, but it's in person in Warsaw, so traveling from like Krakow or other parts of the um, uh, Poland to, yeah. to actually go to do an interview is suboptimal. So they will be around, so they will definitely manage. Okay. All right. And then I also saw that some Polish websites, including like Donald dot pl and so on they also like wrote articles about that uh that's quite uncommon i think right i think it's quite a kind of crazy i think it also shows that this hobby and this scene is legitimately growing in a very um interesting direction like nine years ago i think typhus said it best nine years ago there was no coverage nobody heard of 40k nobody mm -hmm. heard of pc uh, the change, the 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 scene is generally evolving um, in a rapid fashion. I feel like, and um, this year was 
very much special, I feel like, also because it was so visible. Uh, last year, one of the biggest complaints everybody uh, had was that the WTC happened and nobody saw it. Um, and this year was just the polar opposite of that. It was streamed across five languages. Uh, it was huge. Everybody saw what happened. Everybody saw uh, games. Everybody was um, tracking scores with great commentators, with studio fucking coverage. It was amazing to see. And I think this year is like the breakthrough also for the WTC in general. I feel like it. I think this year has proven that it's very much televisable. Is that the word? It can be made a, a show is what I mean, right? Um, and I think this format supports it so much also, way more than, for example, single events. I feel like this kind of event just is such a show to watch that it can actually be made something special. And I think because of that visibility and because the scene has grown so much, uh, including every single event all across the world uh, from like nine years ago, that actual, as you've said, actual media are uh, writing articles uh, about our success and stuff, which is just crazy to me. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, it's, I it, it is. It is an exciting time to be alive because if you take that into consideration, how the the social media aspect of 40k has developed. By the way, my neighbors decided that is the perfect time for drilling. So I don't know if my mic picks this up. Uh, if it does, I'll I try to. Help you that. So okay, and hopefully, hopefully our our listeners cannot hear that as well. Um, so yeah, coming back to what I was saying, uh, the the. The social aspect and the, the content aspect of 40k has grown so much and it's going to be even bigger uh because i mean once uh i don't know space marine 2 the game drops it will probably attract some crowds uh, henry cavill apparently is involved with uh making some sort of series for amazon or something like that it, it, it is the time to be in the hobby right now because in a moment it will explode mm-hmm. we will probably see a huge influx of um of new players people simply interested in in the game and what a time to win an event like that uh, with all the cameras actually uh, directed specifically at you so let's talk about the event then because this is uh the the essence of this and this is why we why we met uh let's start with yeah with the event itself it was your second time right uh last year was your first time was this one different in any way and let's not get into like the games and the fact that we won but let's get into like maybe the organizational aspect the preparation mm-hmm. aspect did that differ in any way to the last year's event or you know when you arrived you entered the hall in Mehelen. it was yeah like i left it and that's it or no difference at all there were a couple of changes and nothing major mm-hmm. i actually think the last year uh around very smoothly and was also a, an awesome event. Uh, small differences like uh, where, literally where the bar was and how it was managed or um, the fact that uh, there were food trucks around, right? Uh, I think the biggest change from the perspective of actually playing the game was the setup of the tables, which was very unusual for us. And we were not expecting that. Um, so uh, just so you know, we have, uh, 
to anybody listening that who, who might not know, we have a team of eight people, right? Mm. And then there is a pairing process involved uh, before every single round, who deter which determines who, which armies are actually playing each other. So the tables, instead of be being set up in a row, which is what happened last year, mm. So you had a huge row of basically nine tables because there are eight tables with terrain and that games are played on. And the last one is uh, dedicated as a pairings table. So basically a place where captains uh, do the pairings or you can like leave stuff around if, uh, during the round. Um, so what happened this year was I think a great idea of instead of setting up those tables in huge rows of nine tables, which, which were just, insanely long as you can imagine. They were set up as squares with eight tables around uh, on which the games are uh, played on and one pairing table in the very middle, which was amazing. Like legitimately, I think every single coach at the, that event, just because of the decision has made like five kilometers less in walking. <laughs> Because instead of uh, going through um, from table one and consulting someone on table one, uh, and they go into table eight to consult their game or um you know to have a whole picture of what's going on in the round they had to just walk across like few meters which was genuinely amazing i think it uh, made playing um you just saw your teammates around like legitimately you did um, it was way easier to manage for the coaches, as I said, because you always had a coach basically at the pairings table right next to you. It was generally a great idea to set it up this way. It's a small change, but one that was very much visible when playing. Yeah, I'll show you yeah. something. I don't know if uh, we need to test this because I haven't tried this yet, but I, uh, I got yeah. this from, from Ishik. Uh, it went dark, so I don't know if it's going to work. It works on my screen. I'll try to upload it because... Oh, yeah, it works. So... It does. No, it doesn't. Yeah, uh, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it, it does work if I if I have it on my screen, it seems. So, okay. so basically, what this is, this Ishik, so one of the tournament organizers, uh, set up a camera that was is overseeing... time-lapse of a whole event? Yes. So... Holy shit. So I have like all the videos from all the days, starting from the first Warmaster day to the final day of the Teams event. So you can see uh, the time lapse of what it was like. And now uh, this attests to, to what you described, basically. Yeah, you can see me walking around awesome. somewhere in here in like a yellow shirt or something. Um, but this is this is the setup. So here on the very left of the screen, uh, next to the wall, you have all the all the streamers. Uh, this table to the left, if you look closely, there are some lamps over the table. This is the War Games Live table that was streaming uh, yeah. games. And then all the other tables were gaming tables. That, and the one that you were talking about, like preparation and so on, I think it's not here on the screen, right? The preparation tables, what do you mean? No, uh, I mean the tables that you discussed where the pairings were happening and so on. Uh, they definitely are in some places, but the first table, uh, so the one that was stream was set up a little bit differently just because of the stream. That, oh, okay. The stream right. was, right? okay, that's fine. So that's the only idea, uh, reason why here exactly you cannot see it clearly. But mm -hmm. in every single um, 
other table, like a table as a group of nine tables. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, um, you had basically a grid of three by three, right? A square with a right. uh, pairing table in the middle, which was so to our, pretty great. To our viewers, do let me know if you are interested to see that <laughs> time lapse. I can upload it to YouTube. I, I am. I am interested in seeing. All right. I think that's awesome. <laughs> okay. So, so essentially, uh, I will upload them one by one to YouTube, and they will be available. People can have a look, and you can have a look as well um, at that. But all right, coming back to uh, to the event. So, tell me this: last year, you came second. So, Team Poland came second. Uh, this must well. This year you have won, so this must mean that you are doing something right. And this year, probably it it, it felt that you just needed that final confirmation stamp that your formula, your methodology, is correct. So let's delve into that a little bit. What is Team Poland's methodology? So what did your preparation look like? Uh, how many people did you bring? And maybe then we can delve into who you actually brought and what armies you have brought. The team point formula. It's mm. a difficult question to synthesize. It's a loaded um, question. Yeah, definitely. So let's start with uh, your I condition. Think, to I think get I have an idea of how to answer it, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, I think there are three major parts. I think number one is dedication. I think it's the biggest one. I think the level of dedication that every single player, every single person involved in the team have shown uh, legitimately throughout those two years is unparalleled. I think people, and here I, can, I, I, I just need to take the opportunity to thank uh, families of our players legitimately because they must have been so, so I, I don't have a family myself. Uh, this is one of the reasons I could be uh, one of the persons responsible for the team comment, the selector, because I knew I, it, it's going to require a lot of time. But the dedication needed from every single player in our team and the sacrifices that they made throughout those years is just incredible to me. Their fam families must have been so supportive of their goal, of their ambition. And this is basically the, the, I think that's the key. That's, that's for me, the one, the number one uh, reason why we did well uh, those two years. So let's pause here just for a second, because uh, <laughs> you said dedication, uh, I would probably call it engagement as well. Uh, that is all fine. Mm -hmm. But when, when you say engagement and people listen to you, they say, well, you know, big deal. Like, you know, every, every player on every team is probably engaged and dedicated to it. So what does engagement Polish style mean? So like in the poll, I think in the Polish national teams podcast, you explained what this engagement actually means and what the, con that it was one of the conditions to actually get onto the team. So can you give some examples of conditions of any players that, you know, did something special to get onto the team. Traveling to in, uh, participating in international screens. That's mm -hmm. the first one. That's what we usually start the season off of with. Um, over the time, we uh, they they are first very open for everyone who wants to participate in such. Uh, slowly in time, when the pre season progresses and the team must uh, the, the the deadline for selecting the team, uh, let's call it. Uh, Mm, that 
like the people that participated participate in those shrink to a select group. So that's the first one. Um, they are quite a small like level of engagement, let's say, but still require you to set up. Uh, sometimes when we are playing, I don't know, in USA, you need to figure out time zones and stuff. Um, you actually need to play the game to figure out your list, which oftentimes we very much encourage very um, experimental lists into those. Mm -hmm. Like we we legitimately treat them as practice as screams. We don't, of course, never disrespect our opponents in like trying to like sabotaging anything or like um, trying to 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 uh, underperform for any reason. That's never the case. But we do treat them as practice sorely. So the win is not not the number one priority for us. Often the times or it's testing, it's uh, testing new players and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's the number one thing. The second one is participating in um, events, just any events, uh, say Polish events and international events. I think at one point, um, going on through through memory, like from half a year ago, but I think at what one point we set a requirement for everybody who wants to be in the team to play at least, at the very least, I think it was 10 games a month that were documented documented in uh, in a way that it needs to be a TTS game that someone saw it needs to be on a tournament in a tournament basically it needs to be a game that they they couldn't just play in their garage with anyone it must have been a game that actually um evolved the the their own skill in some way their own list in some way for example and you create some sort of a record of that as well right so you can backtrack it um third one huge one is going to international events this year especially that was a huge part of the process and going to any international event for us is often time time consuming and it's mm -hmm. often time expensive it's a it's, you cannot get around it um we get sponsorships for like uh, wtc and stuff but all the other um international events we pretty much pay out of our own pocket we oftentimes don't even don't go as Team Poland, right? We have our local teams, for example. I went to Bratislava with my local team. I went to Alpine with the Star Trek crew and stuff. So um, that's, of course, normal, but it still requires uh, dedication. Uh, we've had people like Victor, who was in the team uh, this year, who made like, I want to say, six or seven international events mm -hmm. uh, just this year which is insane by the way it's such a commitment of time and money and i think it just benefited the team immensely it was so visible like just just if we are on the topic i think huge shout out to him because uh there was no other player in the team i feel like have progressed so much just this year after he won the Polish National League last year, I think he was half a player that he is now. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say it like, like straight up. I think he has progressed the most from the team. He is also the newest player, of course. He has been playing 40k for like two years, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so not very long compared to uh, I don't know Skark, who's been playing uh, longer than I live. Um, and also, he has so balls of steel because he won the league, which meant he automatically had the place in the national team to which he said hey listen uh 
no, I don't want to do it like that. I actually want to go through the proper selection like everyone else. So, yep. and and he managed to, to get onto the team anyway, like by, yep. by proper selection, which kudos to yep. him because that's, as I said, it's just balls of steel, but also well-earned as yep. you described. I mean, it. he put the incredible amounts of work in and I mm-hmm. think he very much knew that he is the person. I think he pretty much knew that if he keeps um, the the status as, at which he is progressing, his dedication, that he would be selected. And this is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So um, back to the topic. Uh, so I've talked about um, international events. I've talked about uh, screams, uh, actual discussions of lists as a big one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of the most difficult one to uh, ones to achieve, but if you are competing in singles events, right? Sharing your newest list, for example, with people that you are going to be playing against, because if um, there are multiple national team members, for example, vowing for a singles title, they will they are bound to play each other mm-hmm. for that event. Um, and actually discussing list ideas and sharing them before such events, for example, to actually also learn to work as a team, let's say, to learn to discuss ideas in a manner that are not uh, dismissive of someone's idea, for example. It's a huge part of it. It's also basically sacrificing sometimes uh, your advantage if you are going for single events, singles events. It has happened multiple times, for example. I mean, it 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 does boil down to team spirit, basically, because you need to you need to forget about your own potential successes or potential possibilities to win and sacrifice that so that the team can do better. So yeah, very much. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is just skill. Obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, the the dedication goes only only goes so far. The time required for testing, of course, is massive, um, especially this year when we had so little time to work on lists, to work on our ideas, to work on uh, actually testing opponents' lists, which was crazy. And everybody from every team across the world, I think, can attest that testing just out their ideas with no preparation is just massively dangerous. It's a massive undertaking on everyone's part and actually trying to figure out how the list plays. But I think what I'm impressed the most is just the skill of our players, and I have no fucking idea where it comes from. Um, it's it's. I'm sorry, but it's just insane to me that we can face, and it, I, I can cut. I can I can keep catching myself in this thought, in this thought where uh, like Gito or uh, Victor or anyone in that team, allegedly of a single person is doing this as a hobby they've got a proper job they have a family and they are playing maybe if everything is like if they are on full fucking all cylinder mode they're playing like five games a week which is still a huge amount but like comparatively to everybody else but the fact that they can go toe to toe on a skill level with people that are doing this as a job as they can spend legitimately eight hours on 40k and then do another four as a hobby to that. And they can legitimately stand up to them in a fair game um, 
and beat them on, a, on an equal level. All beat them. It's crazy to me. It's insane. It's yeah, insanity. I, I listen. I, uh, I I think it was yesterday that I listened to the Best in Faction podcast, maybe. Um, where they mentioned, I can't remember the, the name of the guy who said it, but he said that he is amazed by the fact that a country like Poland, which has a population smaller than California or comparable to California, wins an event. And in that, it draws with a country that has like 300 million people, out of which uh, you could select anyone and everyone. Uh, with all the sponsorships behind them and so on, I'm not, you know, I'm not bashing on the United States uh, at any moment because they are an amazing team. They did an amazing job. They have fantastic players. Uh, we interviewed them for the studio as well, like Sean Naden, for example, who yesterday, small spoiler, a little spoiler, uh, when I interviewed Skark, Skark named Sean Naden as one of the best players he has ever faced. Uh, in, at, at Can I by the way? Have have played exactly. in what? Fucking incredible! <laughs> exactly. So, so a country with uh, with very little sponsor backing, or like you know, an everyday basis, almost no backing, with uh, a scene that is like, how many people do you get in events on average? Sixty, maybe tops. Usually fewer. I think I think the limit of our scene is around five. 100 players it used to be around half five uh, 500 players attending all events across the year yeah across the year so yes uh, so yeah so this this only shows and then yeah these people just appear the, those skilled people those prodigies they just pop up but it takes that special kind of person like yourself like Duda, like mice and our three selectors who are able to pick and choose cherry pick the most talented ones guide them uh, i think you know uh, people like typhus as well who help who 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 provide this leadership and guidance to those people so that they know which way to develop etc etc uh it, this success had many fathers i said that in the in the mm -hmm. episode with skark and i'm going to repeat that now uh many fathers many factors contributed it's just insane and hard to describe um yeah. if we're talking uh about our process and how it was mm -hmm. how it set up and also talking about the fathers of our uh of the success i feel just i cannot ever skip typhus uh ever in that conversation because he is the grandfather of the success in the means that uh his process that he himself designed in much part last year and he basically taught me everything i know about guiding an eight-man team to success mm -hmm. what i did was basically take the same tools that he taught me and maybe refine them maybe change them so they work for me exactly but they were the same tools we've used last year there were some differences but mainly in team building, for example, and the fact that we had more coaches and stuff because we recognized what went wrong last year. But the, all the, pro whole, the whole process was basically set up by him and I only executed. So he's basically, he's, he's the grandfather of the success. He's my mentor. He taught me everything I know about guiding this type of team and huge thanks to him. He's definitely a huge, insane, enormous part of the success. 
Yeah, he is. And I uh, think very much everybody in the team knows that. Yeah, he's an inherent part of the community. Luckily for us, he's a friend of the podcast. So from time to time, we will have him on. He is available on Enter the Matrix and Stat Check, and he is like uh, uh, part of that podcast. So if you don't know, if you haven't heard who Typhus is, go and check this out. There, he's he's a walking library of 40k knowledge, both in singles and teams. So um, yeah, absolutely one of the as, it, as we said, fathers of this success. So Pumba, you are one of the selectors. Can you? Again, we are the, so Contact Loss is the outlet of the Polish community to the world. Uh, and I would like the, the, the people who are on the team to be shouted out and to become known in the world. I mean, most of them are up for grabs. I think if someone wants to form a team or if someone wants a coach or some someone like that, most of them slowly, are not affiliated. By the way. Sorry, come again? Slowly being picked up by other various teams. <laughs> So yeah, so so that's what I mean. So you need to be quick if you want to capitalize on them, maybe still not being affiliated to someone. So if you, Pumba, if you could name all of them and maybe characterize them with one feature that you know made them members of the mm -hmm. team and and so on, that would be great. Yeah. So let's start with Duda. Duda has been to, I want to say seven. It might have been six. I am not sure. I don't think he is sure exactly how many uh, EDC slash WDCs he has attended, but he's been to plenty. That was his first win, which was massive. He's the legend of the committee. He's one of the best players. He's the... Don't quote me on that. I think he's the only pl player to 20 on Aiden uh, in a mirror. Um, so he's just a legend. Uh, great painter, actually. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, all of his models are absolutely beautiful, so he is a stellar man. Uh, incredible amounts of skills and uh, experience, especially for his age, because we are basically the same age and he's been playing like 17 years or something. Mm -hmm. But when he was a kid, he started. He was a captain, right? So he was like the decision maker. He yes. was telling people when to push. He was exactly essentially the backbone of the team. Yeah. Yes, exactly. This year, uh, his uh, experience meant that he had uh, like the biggest um, weight that to make those crucial, sometimes absolutely crucial uh, decisions to represent the team with all the captains to actually build up the team spirit for everybody. Um, right. Myson, let's go with Myson next. Uh, Myson, uh, the. <laughs> The best, it's so hard to choose, but the best player in Poland, possibly, in terms of skill. Um, Probably. The person known as the uh, Elder Slayer who uh, kept his reputation this year, 15-5, um, scoring a 15-5 against a Swedish Elder, I think. Mm -hmm. um, incredible player. Uh, also, uh, Michael Selector, who has done an incredible job on the team as a whole, uh, helping me with all the pairings, helping me uh, to actually choose armies for us. A uh, person who is also known internationally right now after attending LGD, and he's coming to LGD Invitational this very year as well, so watch out for him. He's going to crush that. <clears throat> yeah, by the way, Next I don't up. know if you know, I don't know if you know, but I think I can say that. The idea to to do what Zach is doing at the LGT this year. Yeah. I pitched that to him. So I said, I hey, so. it would be so cool 
to have maybe podcasters face each other in an event. And then what Zach did, he is doing the invitational with one part of the players being professionals, mm -hmm. one part being like content creators and so on. And Contact Lost got invited as well. And as far as I know, Joker doesn't want to play. I still need to beat Vitalis to it, but potentially I might be playing in the Invitational if Vitalis doesn't Let's convince me otherwise. Go. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. But yeah, anyway, uh, that was just a small plug. Go on, continue. <laughs> um, next up, let's go with Guido. Guido, who is the absolute uh, monkey of the team. He's our uh, mascot. He's uh, the most positive person in the team. Uh, he is the sunlight of our uh, uh, trip to <laughs> Mechelen every single time. You always need to take care of him because he sometimes uh, gets lost or um, just finds himself in peculiar situations. But generally, is also, uh, and this is mainly because uh, why he was in the team, but the other part is relevant as well. Uh, he also is probably the most meticulous player on the board that you have ever faced and you are uh, if you are up against him you can be sure that every single move that he has that he's doing on the table is very precise and incredibly relevant to what's going on uh, very hard to face uh, legitimately uh, playing against him feels like you are getting strangled by his just incredible precision um, and also uh, the biggest Necron nerd on this planet, don't at me. Uh, he is just so into Necrons that you would not believe. Uh, knows every single piece of lore and not only lore, every single unit he can uh, wax poetics about. And he so has, like, I don't know, four and a half thousand points of Necrons sitting on his shelf. And last year it was his first, it was his debut on the team. And I think he, he was like one of the top scorers of the entire event. So yes, he was the best. He was last year the top scorer of the entire Polish team. He was one of the top scorers in the entire event. Uh, also, funny story about Gido's Necrons. Gido is pretty young. I think he's a, maybe a year younger than me. Um, funny story about his Necrons. He actually doesn't have many of them. <laughs> So what the, the four and a half thousand that I spoke of, I thought I heard him say that in the Polish that's, national team that's, podcast. That's still very much possible that that's uh -huh. the amount. It also might mainly be from in chaff like warriors and fucking indomitus boxes and stuff. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> because every single event that Gita attends. He borrows at least half the army from anybody else. <laughs> Mainly um, Blaine, who, is, who was actually our uh, media guy who lives very close to me. Uh, one of the parts of the process of going to any team event where Gitto is attending is me going to Blaine uh, because we live like one kilometer from each other and grabbing models for Gitto to bring in and then uh, putting them back. <laughs> By the way, so, that's Gitto on the screen. <laughs> yep. Um, so that is, was the situation. Uh, He's a gem. He's awesome. Uh, next, let's let's move, <laughs> let's on. move on. Exactly. Uh, let's bring uh, Leshwin. Leshwin, who is also uh, a veteran of the scene. I think it was his fifth uh, ETC WTC. He was in the team last year as well, uh, playing many many armies. Extre extreme level of uh, diligence. This year his prep was just on another level, I feel like. 
even though he has a, a family and stuff. Uh, his level of prep this year was unparalleled. He was also uh, the person who came up with the fucking Land Raider list, which when I saw the first time um, thrown around in our Discord chats, I was like, why the fuck are we trolling, guys? And then after five games, I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, so that can only tell you how much time he also spends just thinking about the game and actually um, going through codexes and thinking how can he improve or uh, um, he kind of eke out an edge on the opponent. Okay. Yeah, extreme amounts of uh, um, experience also goes into it because he's been in the, he's been playing the game for fucking like twenty years or something. Mm -hmm. but it still amazes me that he's like thirty five and I keep tell, hearing stories from back when I was fucking six or something yep. <laughs> from yep. him playing the game or winning tournaments. Yeah, uh, just a gem also um, in the running for the most handsome in the team this year after Vishnu uh, has left, he's left the spot for uh, you to go for that spot. Right, and I, I heard and saw that his list actually inspired some actual 40k celebrities to, to do something similar. I think so, yeah. I think I saw John Lennon uh, playing to Redeemers at stream. At Arlor. By the way, he talked about that very list at Bar Popular after the event. <laughs> Just saying. No wonder. Um, yeah. He's also, let you rolls like fucking shit. I mean, uh, in, the in, the, in, the, in the good way. I roll like shit in the bad way, he rolls like shit in the good way. He I just, saw it, that. I was at the table when he was has, spending money. Uh, and money's... <laughs> Wraith Knight was shooting into his um, uh, whatever they are called, his knights or, or, or something. And Mani maybe did two wounds with the entire Wraith Knight because Leshu's role yeah. were so insane. I saw, I saw two of these do zero damage to the Land Raider, by the way, just out there. Um, <laughs> so yeah. here we are. <laughs> here we are. Um, Okay, let's move on to another person because it's gonna take a year otherwise. Yeah, uh, who's out? Who's let's else? Go with, out there? Let's go with Crazy, uh, a teammate of mine uh, from my local team, uh, a player who basically introduced me to 40k as I know it uh, on a competitive level. A person who took me under his wing when I was going to my first uh, uh, Polish like <clears throat> Polish GTs and stuff. A person who taught me so much about how to actually build the macro plan for the game. Uh, on the very table, uh, a person who I myself uh, um, co-captained the, the the team to uh, give us first the second and then the first place at Polish Team Championships, which was a big goal. It was one of the reasons that I got so invested in teams format and got so into it that I am now fucking just only playing teams and singles are relevant to me for some reason. Uh, a person who also, because he was around, taught me to manage the team as a whole. So even in the 5v5 top formats in my local team. Uh, and also get, uh, winning the Polish Team Championship and showing our um, our skill was how I got even asked to be the selector of the team. So uh, a huge influence on, on me. Uh, also a veteran of the scene. He's been to many, 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 many events. Uh, he This was his actually first time on the national team. But he was uh, at the mercenary team in a year that has passed, and I don't know the year of. 
but he used to be uh, playing at ATC at the best of that team. Hmm. He's an currency enjoyer, also incredibly versatile player. The person who, who was basically thrown onto the eighth army this year because of his uh, last year. Uh, by the way, he was, uh, that's worth, also worth mentioning, he was selected for the last national team uh, that went to Belgium. He was supposed to be playing the Drukari in that team. And uh, literally Wednesday before we left, fell to coronavirus and was completely unable to attend. And Typhus had to take his spot. So I'm so fucking glad he made it this year uh, back in form and smashed it. Yeah, he was playing the Tau, the, basically the last choice, the army that we were very much unsure about. Um, because of his versatility, we were still able to do it. He was able to, uh, to give the practice games in uh, and actually switch armies from playing fucking world leaders at last, uh, last year, CSM, Chaos Demons on the way there, some Necrons still, uh, just switching armies left and right to watch, uh, whatever the team needs. Uh, incredibly versatile. Yeah, adaptability at its best. Exactly. Uh, how how many have been done? It's do Wait, that, so we have. It was Ghetto, it was I mean, yeah. It's crazy. I'm leaving the scar for last because. Okay. Because like, let me. Uh, yourself. I don't know. Who he's he's a he's a fucking. <laughs> do that myself. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting Victor. Let's go, uh, Victor. Uh, I've already talked about Victor. Uh, about the fact that he's been playing 40k for fucking two years. Uh, he's already won the Polish National League the first year uh, in his competitive um, uh, competitive play. Uh, he, as I've said, attended so many international events this year. He's played uh, at Alpine, uh, sm uh, getting absolutely pounded by Anthony Vanilla and his uh, good rolling. Uh, he's been played at ITT with me getting absolutely pounded by Manny and his uh, Dark Angels. And now he's back, uh, smashing left, right, and center. And that's just, I think, he's the epitome of progress in the team. As we have many, many veterans in the team, but he's the newest guy and also the guy who, as I've said, improved the most. And I think uh, he literally shows you how much you can achieve if you put enough time and dedication into this game. It requires a lot of sacrifices, but it's it's literally possible, and he's the epitome of that. I think that's it. But I think that's this it. Isn't, this isn't the Empire team, yeah. right? This is oh, yeah. Well, you we can talk about Skark uh, for a moment, although he he has a dedicated episode for two hours and twenty minutes, so not too long. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm just gonna explain things from my perspective. Mm -hmm. Skark, Skark is the player that we have chosen. Uh, because of two things, because of his experience, and like, um, I will draw your attention to the fact that I'm not mentioning the skill because we have very, very many skilled players, and I'm not trying to take Skark any fucking credit for his incredible amounts of skill. But the main two reasons that we've picked Skark is his experience at this type of event which is massive when you have not new people around, people who haven't attended this match, and his lack of ego. I think there is no other player who has this amount of fucking just um, waiter like behind him, this amount of grandeur experience 
skill, uh, notability, uh, recognize, literally recognized by every single team that we've played against instantly. And this player has basically no ego at the table and uh, at the player's table. This man will come up to you. Um, the great story um, to back that up is last year's uh, first round actually in Belgium. When he uh, fumbled the bag, he uh, picked the wrong table against his Blood Angels matchup against RNA. This is how we scored a draw instead of a win. Mm -hmm. So after that game, Skark straight up went to, the hour, to us, to, to the pairing table, and said, all right, I fucked this up. I'm not picking any tables for myself anymore. I'm not good at uh, Apparently, I haven't tested enough. I don't know well enough. You do that for me. That's it. And we're like, okay, that's fair. Let's fucking smash it. And this did? is this requires incredible amount of I don't know you like um integrity, I think. Integrity, but he's a very humble player as well. I think that's exactly. the word we might be looking for. He's incredibly humble. Uh, he knows that he is also able to fuck up all the time and everybody does this so just this kind of player who will never crumble under any pressure um who can be the anchor for the team when something goes wrong was just our best option and this is exactly why we have chosen him not mm -hmm. because like um of his skill or even his list building all of which are absolutely amazing. And he has shown that so hard, like this year, especially when you look at the tables. But for me, as a, as a person who, who built the team, who selected the team, these two aspects, like all above, um, head and beyond uh, the, the rest, is he's just so valuable for the, for the team captain, for the team, for the pairing stable. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that was the team that was playing, but there were also people that were not playing that were crucial to the success of the team. So maybe you can talk briefly yeah. about them. I would definitely do that because um, the number one reason uh, why we won this year and why we have not won last year is the coach team. Straight up. I've said that multiple times to them already, and I think it's 100% the case. Uh, last year, as you know, we had the situation where uh, Typhus, instead of being a non-playing captain, had to be playing as one of our uh, as as our uh, Dark Elder player, mm -hmm. and this meant our staff, our coach team, so to say, our non-playing captain, was significantly reduced in like their possibilities to actually uh, do their job, and it was super visible, and it was especially visible right after, just off the beat of the first game this year. The amount of works that they've done, and let's mention them all, it's Ebert, our head coach, who has been gathering all the data from all the fucking games. Basically, when I needed to go and like think about pairings, uh, all I needed to do is open the fucking table, and I'm going to have all the lists, literally a matrix of all the scores from all the fucking games that the other play, uh, team has played across the whole event with every single list they've played against linked 
immediately. That was incredible. It like reduced our time to needed to prep for each single matchup in half, if not more. Um, he had so much knowledge. He uh, delegated other uh, people to scout for um, for what we are uh, for for things that we didn't know or didn't test against. Um, just insane amounts of work. Um, he also uh, yeah. So let's move to other people. Uh, then we had uh, Kruker, who was our backup player because we learned. <laughs> Uh, and would not <laughs> want to caught off, caught off guard uh, mm -hmm. um, again, again uh, by by anybody uh, coming down with illness or anything of the sort. So he was the player who we extensively tested against, who needed to track all of our fucking crazy ideas and be at least very familiar with them because he has no idea if uh, he's going to play and what list he's going to play. He also was... Uh, the person that made it the furthest in the actual team selection last year, right? So he was very experienced. He was very good. He was just on the verge of getting into the team. And because of that, he also was our spy. He was the dedicated spy for us to go and watch the games that we don't have a, any clue how the uh, particular list plays. I really think it's trash. And of course, it's not trash. It's fucking WTC. Come on, guys. Let's not troll. Uh, so uh, his job was to uh, go to certain tables, watch the games, and then relay that information to us. And he has done that perfectly. Uh, with no, he had many, many talks with particular players about. Uh, All right, so I have no fucking idea what's happening here. Kruger, have you seen it played, or could you explain that to me? And he's done so fucking well at that. Um, and he so, even played some mind games with Jack Harpster, I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah, some 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 might have happened uh, when he was just literally lying the whole fucking crowd of coaches to to troll the fuck out of uh, Jack, uh, just uh, playing his uh, gray nuts in the corner of the of the hole. Yep. Um, another person uh, was Max. He was at the event. Uh, he was. <laughs> <laughs> The job of actually bringing the spear anywhere was not relayed with uh, me when I received the spear from Liam uh, Hackett, who actually broke the spear. Let's, I want to make it very much fucking uh, just just a straight up call out. I did not break it. I received it in the state that uh, you have seen. It. <clears throat> and also, I had no fucking idea I had to bring it anywhere because he didn't tell me. Uh, <laughs> Back to the topic. <laughs> Back to the topic. Yes, I've, I've lost track. All right, that was Max. Uh, Max, who is the self-named uh, golden retriever of the team, uh, our emotional support, the person who uh, literally uh, had the dedicated task of coming to me uh, on smoke breaks because he's the, who was the, he was pretty much the only person that smokes uh, besides me in the team. Uh, a person who multiple. Uh, I had multiple um, talks with after the games about literally how we feel, and he has done uh, multiple uh, of these across the whole team, from what I know. So he was literally our emotional support dog. So something that's incredible, fuck, fucking valuable at such an event when you have to keep your um, try to keep your head cool, uh, and it's not easy, guys. It really is not. Um, so that kind of role. He also, of course, did all of the coaches' uh, duties. So 
literally bring in water. I know it's being talked all, 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 over and over again, but people keep, keeping you fucking hydrated keep you winning. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it's, I mean, you can, you can laugh all you want, but even Team USA had coaches bring them like those little towel bands because yeah, they, they exactly. think you could like, wrap them on your head. Yeah, wet towel for refreshment. You as are well. playing seven. Some of the people who were mad enough to attend warm registers, 14 fucking games Warhammer, Warhammer at the highest level across uh, like a week almost. You need to keep your physical good. Otherwise, you are going to crumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has done a, a plenty of work there. He also was de- a dedicated uh, um, GSC model uh, handler for Mycin. Because playing GSC is basically playing with infinite uh, amounts of models. So he was literally responsible some of the time for handling all the dead units and making them units again, which is a little bit crazy, but I think it worked perfectly. Uh, from people who have um, uh, helped from Poland is Boazhen de Bakwazhen, which is uh, good luck fucking everyone outside of Poland trying to pronounce that. Um, uh, he was uh, supposed to come with us. Unfortunately, his wife uh, uh, had some troubles and needed to go to the hospital. So, of course, he stayed with her. Uh, so, he was unable to attend, but he helped immensely uh, from Poland. Uh, helping Everett uh, gather all the data uh, along with him from Poland. Uh, just a quick shot. I think it was Juve, also good fucking luck, uh, helping him from here. I think it was also Furas who uh, helped mm-hmm. him. Um, I'm very sorry if I'm skipping anybody. Um, but I think th- these were the people that helped Everett basically gather all the data, analyze the data find something that we need to uh, take care of uh, if we are not familiar with the list of, or especially, which was very crucial, like consult those uh, wins of some of the armies that we have um, estimated. And if their actual scores just completely misalign with our tables, right? So you had uh, situations like, okay, um, that Blood Angel list from Spain is fucking astonishing right now, yeah. right? They are just murdering Castellizer flies in the center. We have a disagree. Is it a green? Let's analyze that. It wasn't a green. It was an orange. We knew that from the very start when we paired that matchup. It actually turned out to be on the stream and it was played, but we knew what to expect from it, right? We also knew that Victor was not supposed to actually win that, so he needed to play defensively. Imagine if he just had a green there and pushed into this and literally died and crumbled and scored a zero yeah. instead of a five. Yeah. Huge. Huge fucking swing, right? Just mm. from our uh, information gathering, from analyzing from those uh, beautiful guys from here. So huge part. So as I've said, I think the biggest difference this year have been the coaching team. This is what we were missing last year, in my opinion, to actually bring it home. Mm-hmm. I think the situation with, for example, Eric's GSC would have never happened this year. Uh, I think this is the biggest um, development from last year is how good our coaching team was and how they just uh, smashed it. And probably the biggest piece of advice to to anyone else going to the WTC in the future year is bring extra staff, bring scouts, bring people who can not only support you, but who can also like 
roam the room and actually figure out what specific people do, how yeah, they play armies, etc. Of course, it's difficult, and we know that ourselves. Like, right, last year we weren't unable to bring many extra stuff as well. Uh, there was Danny and Misha who did amazing jobs, but they were not especially like dedicated and prepared to do a role that Typhus was supposed to be doing, right? He was supposed to be the, the person who's basically, um, wh whose role this year during the event uh, Everett was doing, right? He was supposed to be the head coach, the, the non-playing captain, the person responsible for data uh, for gathering that, for analyzing that. And they have just not been prepared for that. And this year uh, made all the difference. Also, uh, just to every single team, because as I've said, bringing people in from uh, to Belgium is massively difficult. It's expensive for many teams. Uh, many teams were, would just be able to do it. But try to find someone from actually your country who can, who can do that uh, remotely to gather data for you, for example, just from BCP. To do the stuff that people uh, from our country, literally here from Poland, have been doing, I think it's massive and it's actually viable for every single team almost. To scan the pairings, uh, look at the list that you are unsure what they do, track their win record, what they are playing against, how they are being paired, track their scores, then consult them with your actual table. If you have that data on you, because trust me, if you have so many lists, and so many games ahead of you, uh, you are not going to have time to look at BCP and deal with that fucking mess, uh, try, trying to find every single score and refreshing it and stuff. If you have someone doing that from back home, I think it makes all the difference. Yeah. So that's a that's a fantastic way to, to maybe summarize it. And since we, we are slowly running out of time for this part, uh, as I mentioned, there's going to be a second part for patrons that we are going to upload to uh to patron uh, when it's done uh but let's uh i mean let's leave room for uh just three questions that i got from one of our listeners the friend of the podcast your i guess friend Pumba as well so uh, dick from team netherlands who actually yep. wanted to ask you three questions and i think we'll conclude with that so the first one is Pumba, will you be the captain of of the team for next year not sure yet i've got time to relax i've got time to think about it no definite answer for that. Yeah, a lot, a lot of things can happen um, still. So that, let's leave that one open. Uh, what's your favorite in-game moment of this WTC? My favorite in-game moment from WTC? I need to decide like, between the two. All right, let's, I, I will just mention two. First one is because I, I love it because it's literally on the stream it's already been made into a gif of my magnus being on three wounds and lucas rolling his knob from the unit scoring 10 hits from five attacks then rolling three five ups to wound me and my magnus being on three wounds again minus one ap and me one by one because i need to like check out if if i want to use uh, stratagems and stuff riddles uh, blanks Rolling three ones, one by one, into that goddamn dice tray. And my Magnus literally fucking rolling over and dying. Beautiful. It's already been made into a gift. I love it so much. I love the moment also uh, because I was just like, that's so perfect. 
like I might legitimately, uh, yeah, that was that was amazing. Um, and the second one is probably against the Spanish when my Magnus just uh, lost eight wounds from a single basilisk. Uh, hashtag average, hashtag skill issue. That was also <laughs> great. Okay, all right. Um, and the last one from Dick, and we will probably close out with this one. How scared were you about the van breaking down? So to all those who don't know, Skark has his Skark bus, so like a, a camper van that he drives to all the events. We talk more about it with Skark in his uh, episode, but the van uh, was transporting at least three people that were going to the WTC and at least three armies, if not more, uh, because they wouldn't want to put them on the plane. Seven armies. Seven armies. A total of seven armies. Some of them for Croatia, some of them for Latvia, for example. Right. So, um, how did that? I mean, was that stressful? And did that somehow impact? I don't know your mental state, the team's mental state before the event. So uh, yes, I had my battle clenched all the way to Belgium. <laughs> um, you can ask anybody in the car uh, that I was traveling with because ours didn't broke down. So it went from, okay, so, so they posted a funny picture of them on the side of the road. So it's probably nothing, haha. Then the, the, the situation starts to develop and I'm like, Jesus Christ, holy fuck. Um, You're not joking. <laughs> yeah, I was stressed. The, the, the good thing about it that reduced the, my over like worriness was the fact that we had so much time to spare. Like legitimately we were all traveling uh, Tuesday uh, at least uh, uh, starting Tuesday, mm -hmm. and their car broke down in like uh, fucking morning of uh, Wednesday, mm -hmm. and the games didn't begin until uh, 5 p.m. Thursday. So we had plenty of time for them to do a lot of stuff, like get a train, anything. We can drive for them with our car, anything, right? So there were options still. Uh, it's going to be tough, but there are options. <clears throat> so I was definitely stressed very stressed but i also tried to keep it chill as i knew there's more than like at least 90 percent chance they are making it uh for the first game and then there's like 10 percent chance we are just uh going to smash south africa without some people and so armies just go <laughs> that was also an option that we considered like legitimately i started doing pirates matrices with like fucking six armies just so you know <laughs> Uh, and just going two zeros across like two armies because mm -hmm. they are not there. Um, yeah, so I was very much worried. Uh, also, fucking enormous shout out to Team Germany because they figured it out. They made Skog actually, uh, and uh, all of them uh, come to the event with the enormous amount of help. Also, uh, shout out Team Germany for being the literal fucking saviors of the whole event on multiple, on multiple occasions. I've heard about David Gaylar's Deathwatch backpacks. I've, uh, there's the Skark story, so they were just massive. They've helped so many people this event uh, to make it run smoothly and uh, for them to... There's everybody, so uh, just a quick explanation. Team Germany basically contacted a guy that knew a guy or something, something. I don't know the back. Uh, basically, I contacted Typhus, so who talked to Team Germany, who talked to them, to do... Just a bit. They organized a car for Skark after he was broke down next to, like, in a small city uh, next to Berlin for just a minimal price literally took them two hours to drive that car for him to the spot to pack his all armies and go to belgium and then return it on the way back for minimal price 
literally driving fucking from Berlin to a small village outside of Berlin when Skype's car broke down. So legends, absolute fucking legends, uh, made all the difference. Hats off to virtual hats exactly. off to Germany. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Listen, all right. let's finish on this positive note because uh, the time is pressing. Um, so. <laughs> As I wrote in the chat, um, everyone can see that uh, we are uh, basically going to wrap this one up, part one. We are going to move on to part part two, which we will record behind closed doors, so to say. So, and I will upload that to Patreon, so whoever is our patron can access that and see that, and so on. We will be discussing Pumbaa's uh, Thousand Sons list, uh, list archetypes for Thousand Sons, uh, and how how to play this army. And we will discuss Pumbaa's matchups as well. Um, so, yeah, help if you want to help us out. If you like what we do, then please go to our patron and help us like and subscribe and so on and so on and uh yeah look out forward to uh to to upcoming episodes because we are going to be uh talking to more team poland members and as i mentioned already but i mentioned mentioned it again the episode with skark is recorded already the polish uh, community has already received access to that because it's in polish uh but then i need to translate the well, translate transcribe and re-record and do a voiceover on the recording that we have so it will probably consume a little bit of time so expect it somewhere around midweek next week um it will drop on our youtube channel on all the podcasting media and so on so uh yeah uh watch this space uh with that in mind thank you everyone uh you'll hear from us soon and then watch our Patreon for this special extra little feature. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Pumba. Speak to you Thank soon. Thank you very much. Yep. Bye, everybody.